You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'm, so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, mom. Anything's possible. Rainy days, jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we got to make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You could tell them other guys to go and plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales Packard and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining Jay Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast with the Raining Jays Today, it's me, your boy, Jay King from The Athletic Here with Sam Jam Packard Jamison Packard the third. <laughs> you don't even you don't even and, have to change a, Jay. <laughs> Sir Baby Jamwich. Yeah. Young young, young master Jamwich. <laughs> <laughs> what whatever else you call yourself. We got a lot of things to talk about today. Today is feels like the kickoff of the silly season with a lot of Anthony Davis rumors. We got Aaron Baines opting in. We'll discuss that. But First, we got to start with Anthony Davis stuff. That is what the people want to talk about. It is what everyone on Twitter is consumed with. We are recording this at 6 p.m. just in case anything crazy pops off later. But for now, it appears that the Celtics and Lakers are engaged in trade discussions about Anthony Davis. The Celtics appear undeterred, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. I wish I could say that name right. They are undeterred despite not having a secure commitment from Kyrie Irving and appear to be ready to pursue Anthony Davis despite it all. Initial thoughts on the Anthony Davis frenzy, Jamison, James, Jamwich, whatever the hell. <laughs> it's funny you said, like, it's like, this is this feels like the start of things. This is when uh, all the rumors and the Woj notifications. You definitely have to be turned onto your phone. And um, but nothing has really changed. And like the big story is today is that Anthony Davis is likely. Uh, it start the day started off with the Rich Paul article uh, in Sports Illustrated, where it's Anthony basically challenging the Celtics and basically any other team and just saying Anthony Davis will be a free agent in 2020. That is not really news. That's kind of what we assumed. And then He's a big Jennifer that, for Lopez guy, by the way. Yeah, huge Jennifer Lopez guy. The, the best thing about that Rich Paul article is like, like the, you're telling me that the Lakers without Le, uh, LeBron James would be a bad situation for Anthony Davis? And he tried to act like that was an incredulous statement. I'm saying absolutely it would be a bad situation. It's a worse situation than the uh, Pelicans right now. But then we got Woj tweeting that uh, like the Lakers and Celtics are interested in trading for Anthony Davis. That's the same thing that happened uh, – at the trade deadline, it's like there's it, all the, the players same thing that happened like three years ago. Yeah, none of this is new. I think what 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 have we learned that's new today? The Lakers are holding out for for uh, they don't want to trade Kyle Kuzma, that they're trying to do maybe a three team deal and trying to use the four pick to to try and get like a, a serious player. Who can they even get with the four pick? I don't know. It's just like it's like a lot of new stuff because it's reengaged because there's new Woj tweets, but it's really 
not not much on the news front. Yeah, it was uh, so that Rich Paul article was just electric. Everything about it. I, I'm big into the Rich Paul character. Oh he yeah, is what other agent could have a cover story written about him for Sports Illustrated? And within that cover story, just say electric quotes the entire time when he said that he was five eight, and then <laughs> sounded like <laughs> the author told him he looked like he was five six, and he said that's fucking ridiculous. Even that, <laughs> even that was just like everything about that guy is just captivating to me. He has made it abundantly clear, and made it again clear in that article that. The Lakers and Knicks are Anthony Davis's preferred trade destinations. By comparing the Lakers to Jennifer Lopez, he made it clear, which is an outrageous thing that I did not anticipate saying today. Jennifer Lopez has had like four failed marriages. Like, <laughs> I don't think she's the perfect uh, person to like. Sure, well, you Anthony want Davis has had one. Well, maybe he should go for his second. I guess that's what uh, Rich Paul's trying to say. So, are the Pelicans his Ben Affleck? Or the Pelicans are Mark Anthony or that random other guy that J-Lo married. <laughs> or is Anthony Davis Ben Affleck? I don't know. But anyway, he made it abundantly clear that the Lakers are top. Knicks right below or equal to that. Another option. And the Celtics, he just kind of dismissed as it would be a one-year rental place. And that's nothing new. But it is kind of rare, pretty unique, to see an agent quoted on the record about that. So that was interesting. But I, I don't think it really changes much from a Celtics perspective. And and here's why. Number one, they knew about it. They've known about this for a long time. They've heard that Anthony Davis is not that into them and is more into other <laughs> other places. But... From their perspective, like, here's what it is. The Lakers, will they keep cap space for 2020 when Anthony Davis is a free agent? It's it's tough for me to see that. And from people I've talked to, it's tough for them to envision the Lakers maintaining cap space for that long. Because that would mean punting on LeBron James's age 35 season. And After punting back, on his age 34 season. Yeah, so I it, it just doesn't seem like too realistic of an option to me. I think if they miss out on Anthony Davis, I think they'll probably fill that cap space somehow, whether it's with Jimmy Butler or Kawhi Leonard or some other star. Kemba, maybe. Who knows? Kemba, Kyrie, Boogie. Like, I just feel like they'll want to put talent around LeBron James and give him a chance to win because he deserves that. And you just don't see teams punt on a season. The toward the end of a guy like LeBron James' prime. Um, so the Celtics, they should know that. And that could eliminate the Lakers as a realistic option for Davis when he's a free agent. The Knicks, it could be the same thing. They may use their cap space too. And maybe they'll be more patient. Maybe they'll be smarter. Maybe they'll hold out their cap space and wait for Davis, but that hasn't exactly been their MO. The Knicks have not been <laughs> making smart franchise. and patient decisions is not what the Knicks do. Yeah. And so there's, there's, there are a lot of factors to this 
And then the other factor to it is how how interested would Kyrie Irving be in playing with AD? If you do go out and secure an agreement to trade for him, will that convince Kyrie to stay? I don't I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the the percentage odds of that, but that that could be another variable here where if you do go get Davis, it, it brings you Kyrie too. And you get two guys out of it, <laughs> two, two well, elite well that, players out of it. That's but, the part we don't know because, like, I've just assumed, like, over the past week that it, all, the, all the talk is Kyrie's going to Brooklyn. And um, initially when the Rich Paul article came out, it's like, AD's definitely leaving. It's like, oh, well, it doesn't really make them that much sense for the Celtics to to go after him. And that was under the assumption that Kyrie was leaving as well, but... Now with these tweets uh, from Woj, and it seems like by adding AD, that makes Kyrie more interested. And I don't know like how much of that's just speculation. And we really have no idea what Kyrie um, is thinking because we never do. But uh, that totally changes things because I think all along Celtics fans, or at least uh, Jam Packard representing Celtics fans, the plan going in the offseason was to get both Kyrie and Anthony Davis. And so I don't think it's worth it to get uh, just Anthony Davis on a rental and not Kyrie, because then you're basically giving up uh, Kyrie, presumably Jason Tatum, and then there's a high likelihood that Anthony Davis leaves and you basically just gutted your entire team. But if Anthony Davis delivers you Kyrie Irving, it makes it a whole lot more worth it because Kyrie is going to sign for a presumably a long-term deal. Then you already have Kyrie in place and you like have a, a much more appealing opportunity for Anthony Davis. Then you actually are competitive long term. So I think it's how much how much contact have the Celtics been in with Kyrie Irving's camp to say, like, if we get Anthony Davis, then we'll like we can talk re-signing Kyrie. <laughs> the the drama of it and the layers to it for the Celtics and the Lakers and Everything else involved. And now the, the, the extra layer that Kevin Durant ruptured his Achilles, which could impact free agency for other guys, could impact teams like the Knicks and Nets, who had ideas reportedly of teaming Kyrie and KD. That injury could change everything in the NBA. Now the, the Warriors aren't invincible. Now... There's just so much going on. We'll be back for part two very soon after after this word from our sponsors. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Still talking about Anthony Davis, who is a really good basketball player, who is expected to be traded very soon. If you haven't heard, I don't. I don't even know what to talk about. I feel like we've talked about every single layer of the Anthony Davis. Well, let's talk about the new layer of the the three team deals, possibly, and like what. We know the Lakers are trying to dangle the number four pick to try and like lure another star to the Pelicans in addition to Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. I don't know who the Celtics would trade to potentially get that star. 
Um, but there's been I've seen talks about there like maybe the the Lakers can trade the number four pick for to the Wizards for Bradley Beal. If that happens, I'm gonna be so mad online and it'll be the dumbest deal in in the history of the league. Like the number Bradley Beal is way more valuable than the number four pick. Am I am I uh, crazy here? Is that just like feel that feels like a ridiculous trade idea? Uh I mean he's probably more valuable than that. <laughs> Thanks for uh, backing me up strong on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I with superstar trades, it's always tough to gauge. I think how teams look at it, um, and how other teams, what the market will be for those guys. I I do think Bradley Beal like he's on a good contract. He's a great player. He would have he would really really help teams out there i don't know if the number four pick is enough but number four pick is really good and is it is it in this draft i'm not a college basketball expert but i you hear people saying it's like a three-person I, draft maybe a four-person draft here's the other thing how valuable is the grizzlies pick compared to the number four pick the celtics grizzlies pick that is a good question. I don't know enough about next year's draft or even what the Grizzlies are going to do. Presumably, they're going to trade Mike Conley. And does does that mean that they're going to be a horrendous team next year or a horrendous team in two years when it's completely unprotected? Um, I have no way of, of gauging that. I just don't. I still feel like Tatum's the best person that could be possibly the Pelicans could possibly acquire. And so the Celtics are in the in the driver's seat if they really want uh, Anthony Davis. But I don't know, man. I don't see how the Pelicans can act like David Griffin's asking for an all-star, a potential all-star in multiple draft picks and good for him for like, you know, setting the negotiation there. But I just don't see how he's getting that unless that is Gordon Hayward and Jason Tatum. And we're just counting Gordon Hayward as an all-star for what he once was and not what he is right now. But what if you count him as an all-star for what he could be next year? (laughs) Do you think, do you think Gordon Hayward can uh, become an all-star return to all-star form i wouldn't be i mean it wouldn't shock me look at how much progress he made over the course of last season now he has a full off season to recover more to strengthen that ankle continuously and it wouldn't shock me if he becomes all-star again or, or close to it does that mean and i think he has a lot of trade value no because he's still very much an if and he still very much has a, a costly max contract that he would have to live up to 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 be valuable beyond being just like salary match type thing um but yeah that this whole anthony davis thing and then looks like the the nets and clippers are trying to get involved the clippers package is pretty interesting right what shea gildress uh montrez danilo who's the all-star what? there what about my man Shamit? Landry Shamit, big time playoff performer. Yeah, I don't know. We I feel like we've had this discussion so many times. Um, it's interesting. I like. Do you have any idea why these like reports are coming out today? Or are they just like? Is it because the Rich Paul article happened, and now they're just like each side is just posturing through Woj and Shams? I, I would, I would like to think that the Rich Paul article just spurred everybody to just report things <laughs> the whole process of it is 
entertaining to me. But yeah, I mean, obviously all these teams are going to have trade discussions with David Griffin about Anthony Davis. None of this stuff is unexpected. The calls have probably been going on for a long time since I'm sure the day David Griffin got the general manager position for the Pelicans. And maybe those talks are heating up. Certainly the the timeline that has been reported is that he wants to come to some sort of Anthony Davis agreement in the days leading up to the draft so that he can, he, I mean, David Griffin, so that he can then find out who to draft, kind of key in on what type of players that his franchise could be available to draft. And this, this will come along pretty swiftly, but this is this summer, especially now with KD, the injury to him, it's like, number one, I, I feel horribly for him. He just wanted to come back and help his team, and obviously you feel horribly for him. But now, like, all these possibilities that were open to guys and that seemed intriguing to guys may not seem so intriguing. And for Kyrie especially, you wonder if the Celtics, especially if they get AD, now hold a higher place in in his list, in his ranking, like whatever the case may be, because the KD option, even if it's realistic somewhere else, now you don't know when KD's coming back. He may miss a full season. That's certainly possible. And when he does come back, is he going to be KD? Do you want to wait for him? There are just a number of other factors that have entered the equation now beyond the normal factors that always exist for free agents and uh, i don't know these next few weeks in the nba could change everything now now the warriors aren't invincible anymore and teams teams will be swinging for the fences the raptors obviously already have i am i am enthralled by the nba these days jim oh it's it's a 20 uh 365 it's fantastic like we still have a game six of the nba finals tomorrow which is going to be insane. Um, I get like I really just want to figure out what the hell Kyrie's doing because I think if you can't re-sign Kyrie if you're Danny Ainge, then there's just there's not a lot of incentive to make a trade for Davis just because you're basically guiding your team and then you're not creating a situation that's at all. See, see I disagree there. Go on, explain. I think in a post KD Warriors world, whether he re-signs there and is dealing with the Achilles or whether he resigns elsewhere and is dealing with Achilles in a post KD world, a team with Anthony Davis, Al Horford, Gordon Hayward, healthier, um, Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. And who's going to be your point guard? Tito Tito. You you could go trade for another player. Like let's say what would, what would Jalen and Hayward fetch? Could you go out and get like Bradley Beal and I'm just I'm just spitballing here, but could you go out and get a, another star to put next to those guys? How how much could you get? How far could you go with that roster? And I think we've seen it with Kawhi. When you get one guy, and when you're fully committed to building a championship roster, which the Celtics haven't been in the last three years, 
And when you're willing to sacrifice first round picks to go out and get veteran talent, and when you're willing to do all those things, like it's easier to build the rest of the roster at a championship caliber team. And especially when you have that, that guy in Kawhi or the Celtics hope would be a D like he transforms you. And I, I do think that the Celtics with Anthony Davis in a post KD world would at least have a, a small chance to win a title. And if you have at least a small chance to win a title, there's a, a chance to keep him. And if, if you can recapture all the things that made the team so promising to Al Horford and Gordon Hayward when they signed and to Kyrie Irving when he was ready to commit to the Celtics for another contract before more things went wrong. If you can recapture all those things, the Brad Stevens magic and the culture of, of work and good people and all of that, then maybe Anthony Davis stays. And sometimes I think, you have to trust in what you've built. And obviously this past season, what the Celtics built kind of fell apart and deteriorated a little bit. But sometimes as, as my man, Sean in Goodwill hunting said, sometimes you just got to put those chips back on the table. He didn't say that. Will convinced him to say that because he hadn't yet put his chips back in the table. No, but- he said, he said it first and then will said it back to him. Boom. Okay. It's, uh, a fairly decent point. Um, <laughs> side note, uh, Gerald Lambeau plays uh, this this Russian dude in this new HBO series, Chernobyl, and I'm just like, dude, you're Gerald Lambeau. You won a Fields medal. Like, why are you dealing with Chernobyl right now? This makes no sense. Um, <laughs> Gerald Lambeau was, was a douchiest bastard, wasn't he? Oh, uh, Gerald Lambeau. The best Gerald Lambeau thing is when they re- like, really want to figure out who was on, who, um, figured out the equation when Will did it, and he just, like, the girl comes up and he goes, Oh, it's Saturday. Unless you want to get a drink with me later. And it's like the sleaziest, like most professor thing ever. It's like Gerald Lambeau. It's a, it's laugh out loud funny to me, but it's, um, that's a huge digression. Yeah. I think the the, field's metal worthy creepiness. (laughs) Um, my like thing about trading for Anthony Davis without, uh, is, is basically without Kyrie is that insistent that he's going to be, a free agent. And I think like the, not every, like I think Kawhi is definitely the exception where the team is able to have success where, um, there's not that will he leave, will he stay thing going on. I think we saw with Kyrie this year is that like, it really created a media circus that I don't think the team specifically Kyrie dealt with that well, but it's still, it creates this environment, um, where everyone's just a little bit, uh, uncomfortable. And I feel like it's harder to have that cohesion and the winning that kind of comes with like a, everyone buying in if you just know the guy is leaving. And so here's, here's the counterpoint to that. The two teams in the finals have dealt with that all year. The Raptors with Kawhi, they've dealt with it as much as anybody. And well, no, because they haven't dealt with it because Kawhi hasn't, Kawhi hasn't talked to about it whatsoever. Like, I feel like, that was just like not a thing. And he's kind of like a steely eyed robot where you just have no idea what's going on in his brain whatsoever. And the warriors are still like the warriors. They still have a great team even with, uh, KD. So I, I think it's a interesting counterpoint, but we, I feel like we saw the Celtics completely flop this year with, uh, one, just having a, a lot of lofty expectations that trading for Anthony Davis will absolutely have. And two, once it became clear that Kyrie was 
Um, it's wild that he announced on a season ticket holder night that he was definitely coming back. And now it's just like, nope. Um, but that is another digression. But I feel like the, like, as soon as it came out that he wasn't for sure coming back, it was an immediate distraction where it was just like, we don't know what he's doing. We have to keep Kyrie happy. I don't know. I don't know if it's just like, it's worth it to go through that again. Um, with Anthony Davis, especially when Rich Paul's basically like, no, we do not like Boston. We are going to get him into free agency. We got uh, Anthony Davis's girlfriend. Like we're shopping for houses with that have to have a, a basketball court and a sauna and a pool in it. Like it feels like they're pretty committed to trying to get um, Anthony Davis to marry J Lo in Los Angeles. <laughs> let's let's leave it there and move on to our next segment about Aaron Baines, who will be returning to the Celtics. And we're back. Aaron Baines, as first reported by my man Sham Sharania at The Athletic, said Aaron Baines has picked up his player option for next season. He will be returning to the Celtics. Um, obviously an important, important move for the Celtics to solidify their backup center position. Baines has been critical to their defense over the last couple of years. Whenever they have been able to afford to play him and Horford at the same time, their defense has been spectacular. So big, big news uh, that was sort of expected, but still, still a nice, a nice bit of news for the Celtics to see on a Wednesday afternoon is today. Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday afternoon. Oh yeah. You gotta, you gotta welcome Baines back. He's a key just part of their defense um, at that. Was he making $6 million next year at that number? Um, it's, you, you just love to see it. It's, it's just fantastic stuff. It's not like I don't, I don't think they're going to use or could have used uh, money to get a player who's better than Baines uh, in here to kind of play that backup big position. And so you definitely, I think this was to be expected. Everything you hear is about how much Baines loves, um, Loved playing in Boston is like an easy decision for him. And so I just think it's a good feelings all around. There's nothing, there's no, like, this doesn't make the Celtics can still do all the crazy moves that they want to do. This doesn't like hamper any of their ability to uh, facilitate trades or sign anyone that they like otherwise couldn't have. So I'm, I'm for it. Yeah. And what the other layer to this is that a couple weeks ago, I think it was a couple weeks ago, but it was recently Baines was asked about what would go into his decision on the player option. And he said he wanted to sit down with Brad Stevens and Danny Ainge. And he wanted to be assured that he would have a role on a contender. So if you're reading the tea leaves, it could be that the Celtics have convinced him, one, that he would have a role. That whether they get Anthony Davis or not, that he will play legitimate minutes. Which is to be expected. He's Aaron Baines. Like... He's going to play his 14 or 15 minutes a game and he's going to get a lot of rebounds and he's going to defend the paint and he's going to try to scream away his injuries. And he's going to successfully scream away his injuries. The other piece of that is that it could signify that the, the pivot to a youth movement, which is presumably one of the many possibilities for this Celtic summer is not going to happen 
or well, it's not gonna be a full pivot. It could be a, a. I think in the youth movement, he'd still be like it's only a one year deal, so he could still be useful. I don't know if it necessarily considers that. I was already like as soon as I saw the Rich Paul article, I was just like talking myself into the smart Jalen, Jason Tatum, Hayward, and Horford starting lineup, and so is like that's the pivot I would. Uh, I would think would happen um, if none of the other things happen. And I think Baines is still a useful role uh, player in that kind of that new 50 win juggernaut. I just imagined <laughs> that would be a 50 win juggernaut, wouldn't it? It would be an entertaining 50 win juggernaut, but yeah, I mean, I was, I was just reading tea leaves, just wondering if the Baines thing means anything. It could just mean that he didn't think he was going to get more money. He didn't think he would have, too many opportunities to go to a, a place he would appreciate more or that would more appreciate him. Um, but it, it's interesting to think about what that could mean. And next, obviously, got Al Horford, his player option coming up. And, and He's coming and back. Kyrie I, with his free I agency. feel it. I can just feel Al Horford's coming back. I just feel Ooh. it in my bones. He wouldn't, he wouldn't betray me like that. We've got some, some Jamison... Intuition. Yeah, this is pure intuition based on no sourcing, um, but I can just feel it. Al Horford, he likes it here. Uh, he's a, a solid father figure for everyone. He respects Brad Stevens. Uh, he's coming back. I can I can just taste it. There you go. The Celtics could still presumably trade Aaron Baines. Um, oh, it'd be such a dick move. <laughs> theoretically trade Aaron Baines after he opted in, but... Un, unless something is is on the table and they've already discussed with him what that would be, I would be pretty surprised by that at this point. I think Aaron Baines will be playing for the Boston Celtics next season and screaming away injuries and trying to stop people from dunking, but sometimes getting dunked on. And taking Admirable. many threes, hopefully taking like 100 threes next year. Uh, what about 200? I'm all for it. <laughs> He's just, if he, as long as he keeps shooting 40%. There you go. As long as he keeps shooting 40%, Aaron Baines should take 200 to 403 next year. You heard it here from Jamison's intuition. Sir Jamison's intuition. I, I guess we'll end it there. This, this podcast is running out of steam. we got Anthony Davis talk to come. There will be days of Anthony Davis speculation, I am sure. There will be more days of reaction to whatever happens with Anthony Davis. There will be many, many days to talk about Kyrie Irving's free agency, his ultimate decision, Al Horford return to the Boston Celtics as first predicted by Jamison, Jamison's intuition and, and so much more, but that's it for this, this particular episode of the lockdown Celtics podcast, part of the lockdown podcast. Network. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King. 